Check out TheRinger.com for a bunch of our end of the year stuff. Movies, music, TV, sports, favorite sports moments of the year written by our entire staff. And also you can check out our NBA player rankings, which is, uh, I think the last time it was updated was two weeks ago, but we're going to be diving into it in January, including a possible trade value comp. Stay tuned. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. I put up a new rewatchables on Monday. We did Mission Impossible Fallout. Starting next week, it is one word movie month, and we're doing an action movie. It's the first one. That's your only hint. Speaking of the rewatchables, we did Victory a couple years ago, um, which I think the last 25 minutes of victory is one of the great sports movies ever. and might even be in like my top three ever for just rewatchability of, of any sort of sports slash movie thing. Pele is a huge part of it. He passed away today. I was bumped um, like everybody else. When I was growing up, it was Ali and it was Pele and then it was everybody else. That was it for the 70s. Ali, Pele, drop off, bring in your other athletes, but those were the two. And, you know, watching on Wild World of Sports, they started showing Cosmos games. It felt like such an important moment when he came here. It's like, oh my God, Pele's going to play here in New York. There's a great documentary about it that my friend Michael Davies was involved with that uh, ESPN ran in the 2006. I'm blanking on the name, but that was, that was, did a good job of capturing how much it meant to have Pele here. Um, but it's funny, he lives on for me because I watch Victory all the time. <laughs> especially the last 25, 30 minutes. And he's such a big part of that movie. And it's the perfect way to use a famous athlete in a movie, right? We get to see him do all his soccer stuff. He acts in a couple scenes, um, but it's okay. They don't, they don't lean on it too much. It's like just the right amount, but he's really there for like the star power and the charisma and the whole thing. And, uh, so I feel like just from that movie, he's been in my life the last 40 years. There was a good movie that somebody did about him, I'm going to say four or five years ago that I thought was really watchable about young Pele. Um, but just like, you know, the greatest soccer player ever. Messi's making a run lately, but I think, um, I think Pele, you know, he's just occupies a different stratosphere. And it was sad to hear that he passed away today. But man, I, can't, I always think of him with the bicycle kick in victory. 
it's so weird that a, a filmed moment, he's done, you go on YouTube, you can watch a million bicycle kicks that he'd done that were way crazier, higher degree of difficulty, the whole thing. But uh, the victory, that bicycle kick was such a cool moment for a sports movie. Uh, plus he had the big speech with Stallone in the tunnel. Please Hatch, you must play. You know how much this game means to us. I've watched that like 300 times in my life. Um, RIP Pele. We have on this podcast coming up, Dan Lathan and Big Waz, we're going to argue about Nikola Jokic and how soon can you start comparing somebody to the all-time greats? So that was the discussion and it just went off the rails from there. Then after that, Waz stayed on and we talked about the uh, possible Wembenyama teams. We are now in self-sabotage trade season. Who's going to be the first one to do a self-sabotage trade? Then Peter Schrager talking about the week 17 games and who we want for million dollar picks. Last but not least, we did million dollar picks. It's a great action packed podcast, NBA, NFL. It's all next. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Big Waz is here. Van Lathan is here. We talked about Jokic on this podcast on Tuesday and Luka Doncic with our guy, Jay Kyle Mann. And I was saying that I thought on my all-time fun NBA team, if I had to pick five guys to throw together, Bird, Magic, and Jokic would be three of the five and then I would figure out the rest. Waz, Van reacted to this like I stole plutonium from the Russians and I was selling it to the highest bidder. He was very upset. He correctly pointed out that Jokic has never won anything. And he yeah. wants every he wants to pour everyone a big glass of settled down juice. So before we hear from Van, where do you stand, Waz? Are we overrating or underrating or properly rating the Jokic Luca run that we're having right now? This is tough for me because I do want to like really thoroughly rebuke Van for his views on Jokic. Um, he's actually backed by one Justin Verrier in his views. Uh, my group chat running mate and Ringer NBA editor, and I used to be that guy. Uh, I remember when Jokic first started being started sort of mattering and like certain people on Twitter, let's face it, white writers and bloggers were like really <laughs> bigging this dude up and it would get on my nerves. And I was just like, this is ridiculous, right? And I would derisively call him Jochich. I I I I refuse to say his name right. I'm like, I'm not gonna say this guy's name right until he matters. And then, you know, just slowly but surely I just became a believer. Like it's not just one, the success is just theirs. The, there's the production, there's the team success, which hasn't materialized always in the playoffs. But, you know, whatever, we can get into that. But just watch the guy play. Just check the tape. He's incredible. He's unstoppable. He's the most unselfish superstar since I don't even know who. Probably Magic Johnson, right, if we're being honest. And I'm, I'm fully bought in now. Like, I used to be on the van side of things, where I thought it was a little overblown. I'm to the point where I think he's underrated, if we're being honest. Like, that's where I'm at with, with Jokic, honestly. That's where I'm at, too. Van, your rebuttal. <laughs> so, I, I wasn't talking about Jokic being on the all-time fun team. That had nothing to do with it. He could he, he is on the all-time fun team. He's an amazing player to watch. There seems like there's sometimes there are nights and there's nothing that you can do. 
what I was specifically reacting to was Jokic is on the bird magic level, which is what you said to me when we were talking about this. Jokic on the bird magic level. There, look, if a game, a sport is about accomplishments, it's about <laughs> winning things, it's about accomplishing different things. That's what sports are about. It's like it's competitive accomplishments. There's just no way. I'm sorry. Everything that you guys are saying about Jokic's game is true. Super unselfish, trans transcendent passer, impossible to defend one and one, one on one, basketball IQ through the roof, all of those things. Greatness. We are not near to the point where you can compare him to mag to magic or bird. Like this, so I just don't understand how you could do that. So here's here's where we had a disconnect. I think you reacted so violently to Magic and Bird being thrown into the same sentence with somebody. You didn't even weigh the context, which is what I was telling you was, <laughs> he's the most fun player for me since Magic and Bird with how unselfish he is. Offensively, I like watching him the most. I like his effect on the team and he reminds me of those guys. And you just you just saw, you were like one of those like villains in an action movie that you just like, you, your eyes glazed over and you just started shooting people. You in this Would case, you like me, me to read the text message. Read, read, read it. Read, <laughs> let's read it. Read the text. Okay. These, I'm not gonna read Wait, some of the stuff. Don't read all yeah, of them, yeah. but read some yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna read all of it. It's like it's like Jokic is. Uh, it says uh, we're talking about Jokic. I'm like Jokic is really fun to watch, but there's a mirage factor. I said that. Yeah. I mm. said that there's a mirage factor, right? And you and you and the, the comeback was Jokic is on the bird magic level. And then after that, he's all-time incredible. He's an all-timer. I understand. I, I stand by it. Yeah. He's on the I, bird magic level. To to watch what, day what, in, day what, out. What, to watch day in, day what, out. Yes. What, 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 what level are we talking? The bird magic level, as in two of the most important athletes to ever grace the face of the earth. Yeah. Really. Fair. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I think what's what's <laughs> happening right now, and okay. I'm gonna make another comparison that's gonna drive Van up a wall. Is this <laughs> feels to me like LeBron before the accomplishments? People were putting him up with Jordan, with Bird, with Magic, and people were like, ah, oh, this guy doesn't even do it in the playoffs. He hasn't even accomplished anything. Blah blah blah. Let alone he's putting up Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain seasons. Without the championship, but people are like, oh, this is crazy. You can't compare this guy to the greats. He hasn't won championships. I really feel like we are at that point right now with Jokic where he's doing it. He has not had the team success. I would argue he's had the playoff success individually. It did, he's not a guy like some of his um, contemporaries, <clears throat> Joel yeah, Embiid, who plays yeah, way James worse Harden. when the playoffs happen. Yeah. James Harden, who plays way worse when the playoffs happen. This guy plays at an MVP level in regular season. Playoffs come, he's even better. He's scoring more points, getting more assists, even more efficient. No, right? no, 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 no. He's not getting more assists in the playoffs. His assist numbers Okay, his assist numbers go slightly down playoffs. because he's had bad teammates in the playoffs. But, but we got to mention okay. the bubble. <laughs> bubble playoffs have to be mentioned, though. They win. Yes. Two seven-game series in a row, including mm -hmm. uh, the seventh game against the Clippers. He beats Utah mm -hmm. in round one and then goes against the AD, LeBron, both healthy at the same time, both just basically on a 10-week sprint to the title, and they had a better team. And then Jamal Murray gets hurt, 
before the next playoffs, he doesn't have Jamal Murray for either of the next two playoffs, which was his best guy. Yeah. And so I, I this really think it's unfair. LeBron, yeah, LeBron James, LeBron James put, took Zildjunas, Ilgowskis, and Will Williams to the finals. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you guys, like, it, it, it's like, it's like Dirk Nowitzki won a championship with Deshaun Stevenson and Jason Terry and Tyson Chandler. I less talented lead, but yeah. Like, it, it, like yes, Thanks, less talented lead. Less talented league, yeah, fine. So what you guys are doing right now is you're moving the goalposts of greatness for a player that you like, and that's fine. Y looking at Jokic and saying pass for pass, Jokic is as good as pa a passer as Magic Johnson, that's an opinion somebody could have. I do not think that that's true. I personally think that Magic Johnson ha Magic Johnson was an amazingly, like an amazingly gifted, and we're talking about a guy, Magic Johnson, who averaged, 12 assists a yeah. game in the playoffs. 12. Matt, we're talking about, like, we're talking about Magic Johnson, and you're looking at him. I think Magic Johnson was a dynamic passer in transition, a dynamic passer in the half court, a dynamic wherever the ball was. He was one of the most sublime creative players that have, that's ever lived. If you guys think Jokic is on that level, that's fine. But to say that he's all-time with those guys, when he doesn't have near about the accomplishment, it, we, I, for me, I start to lose track of like what it is that we're talking about so I, when we're talking about sports. I think mm. this is fair. And I think even though you whipped a can of settle down juice at me, I did need a, <laughs> I did need a sip. And I think I took a sip and you're right. When, when we bring in bird and magic, there should be more caution. This is the first take culture that we've all created where everything is hyperbole. Everybody is the, the everything's the greatest dunk anyone's ever had. Everyone's the, the biggest quarterback bust we've ever seen, and we have no context with the history. I agree. I should have been a little more careful with the bird imagine thing. But was for just talking regular season impact day to day, watching somebody pull the best out of their teammates and just be a fucking problem. You these two Sacramento games, the last two, one game they they basically wouldn't let him score. Last night they just changed their strategy completely, and they're like, you know what? Knock yourself out. Score as many as you can. We're going to try to take away your assists. He and he scored 40, but yeah. it actually worked. They ended up losing down the stretch, but he didn't have Jamal Murray. He didn't have Aaron Gordon. But it does remind me of the bird magic thing where night to night, these teams are going into it going, all right, he's going to kill us somehow. What are we willing to have him kill us with? It's a little like Mahomes, actually, where the, yeah. when, the, when the football team, when the, especially in the playoffs, they're like, all right, we're not going to let you throw deep. We're just taking that away. Run the ball. Run five yards of carry. We're going to give it to you. I do think Joker's on that level. That's fair, right, Waz? Yeah, I think that's fair in another sense. Like, if somebody says Pat Mahomes is on the level of Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, you like, whoever the greats were from when I grew up playing Madden and watching, and watching Madden call games, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's just as good as every single dude I've ever seen um, play the position. Patrick Mahomes is, I'm saying. And so to say that Jokic... He won the Super Bowl. Okay. He did. Okay, so he, 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 he won two he's Super been Bowls. To, he's been to two, but he's been to two Super Bowls. Won a Super, like he's like yeah, he all of that stuff that you it's just a said team accomplishment though, man. Like it's a team accomplishment. I'm just saying the level of play matters. Like watching this guy play, I can say objectively that he's one of the greatest I've ever seen play. That's just so, easy. Do you know what? Do you know what Bill? You know what Bill just left out in the back-to-backs against against the Kings. 
Jokic didn't have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. in the second game, right? The Kings didn't hey, have Sabonis Aaron Gordon, in the yeah. first one. Right. Well, Aaron Gordon in the second game. The Kings didn't have Sabonis in the first one. When Sabonis came back in the second game, the Kings didn't have to double or they refused to double. They yeah. refused to double. Jokic still got his points, but they had Sabonis back. They won the game. Like, that's a huge... So even in that little thing that we're talking about, right? Like, in that thing, Jokic didn't have all of his guys. Jokic lost. No, the Kings didn't have all of their guys in the first game, and they they lost, right? And so I'm not saying anything about... But even when you compare him to Patrick Mahomes, you feel like that's a good comparison, but it's not. Because Mahomes won the Super Bowl. Because the Chiefs were hitting their heads on the ceiling when they have when they had Alex Smith as their quarterback they were they could there was a level they couldn't reach Mahomes changed that for like like for the Chiefs and then they went to two Super Bowls along with all the other things that he's doing i want to ask bill a question Van, bill, Van's a your, rings guy rings with a z yeah yeah i'm not a rings guy at all rings. i'm not, I'm not rings a rings guy i'm not a rings guy but what i'm saying when all things are equal of course yeah. the success of your team matters right it so, does. so so Bill, on your on your basketball pyramid, you have Bill Russell second. Why? Well, he was the best. His teams always the won. They won over and over again in every situation. And a lot what? of yeah, is, wait, 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 wait a minute. Huh? No, but like, Will I, Chamberlain averaged 30 points a game. Yeah, but, I know. You, would, but you wouldn't Russell say that about him. but you wouldn't say that about <laughs> wait, some wait, of the guys. Who did that Bill Russell, Russell? Wait, wait, hold on, stop. Who did Bill Russell have with him? No, I mean, no, who did Will Chamberlain have with him? I debunked this. I debunked this okay. argument. The last okay. six years of their career, Wilt had better supporting cast than Russell did. Oh, okay. It's debunked. Yeah, right. That is debunked. Also, also, Van, I think you underrate. I think you underrate the ability to actually measure the impact, the real impact that Bill Russell was having on these games. Like they were great because of his greatness, and so therefore yeah. they won. Right? It, it, like, all the you would, all the quotes look, from back then are the no, other nobody guys. Nobody else talking on about his it. team g gets that level of credit for their winning. Like nobody calls all those other guys the greatest winners ever, even though they got seven, six right. rings along the way. Nobody would say that, and nobody would be I, like, "Oh, such and such is better than Dr. J because they got the rings." I am acutely aware of that. But what I'm saying is that in other cases, it's being discounted. I'm aware of the, when you when you talk about how good the Lakers were, right? Yeah. Everybody was saying, hey, Van, the Lakers had multiple Hall of Famers on their team. By the way, every team that the Lakers played and beat also had multiple Hall of Famers. Gar the By the way, Lakers, garbage conference in the 80s, just for the record. <laughs> Way <laughs> weaker well, conference. Way weaker. Like, what, go look. Go look. Whatever. Basketball what, whatever. reference don't lie. <laughs> Like what? Whatever. So the Lakers, do the Lakers? Is Magic Johnson not the difference maker on all of those teams? Is yeah. Magic Johnson not well, the reason the later why teams. those teams are Kareem? Like, oh, oh. I would say Kareem in eighty and eighty two, and then it becomes Magic. So eventually, like when I like so when I'm when I'm saying in, in in that particular case is it's the exact same thing. So at some point, what we're saying is the reason why I brought up Bill Russell is because being a difference maker because Will Chamberlain's statistically is a has a has has better career statistics than than Bill Russell but at some point how you impact the actual game against the peers in the league that you're playing with at the time that you're playing with them has to be considered when we're talking about comparative greatness not when we're talking about how great you are sure you can be incredibly great Steve Nash is great 
He's like fantastic. Charles Barkley is great. Ewing is great. Like Malone yeah. eh, is great. These guys are great players. All of these guys are great. But if we're talking about comparative greatness, by your own metric, Bill, what you do and how you affect games and how you affect winning games and championships, that matters. So I think out of all the guys you mentioned, the only one where it's unfair is Barkley because I do think he was that guy in 93 and he just happens to go against the best player of all time playing the best he's ever played yeah. and bar who barely beats him with a team that was probably a tiny bit better than Barkley's team. But to me, it's like, but even though, and I've said this to Barkley on the pod, even though they lost that series, I still feel like Barkley weirdly wins that series. And I feel the same about Nash and that kind of that 05 to 2010 run. I don't know what more he could have done. Sometimes you have bad luck with this stuff, you know? And I, I, I the thing with Jokic is at some point he's going to have to have a moment or you just become James Harden. Yeah. Where, and, where it's like, I, oh, cool, James Harden. He put up all those stats, but where, what did he win? And that's just going to be the first sentence. I agree with all of that. I just think that Steph Curry and the Warriors won the championship last year, right? And Steph Curry obviously was great in the process of doing so. But at the end of the day, people like Draymond had to play all-time great defense. Klay Thompson had to make big shots. Like, there's so there's only but so much a great player individually can do to win these games and then yeah. win these championships. I think Jokic is as impactful a player as any of his... Anybody in the NBA right now, somebody's going to win the championship, right? Whatever that team is. I don't think there's going to be any player who is somehow way more productive and contributes more to winning than Jokic is, even if he ultimately doesn't end up with the chip. Like, that's just my opinion. Like, I understand you should have to, you you need to have rings to justify your, you know, people putting you with the greatest of, of all times. I just think Jokic is going to be right there knocking on the door and eventually he'll get a ring or two. And, you know, we can, Van will stop crying about I think this. That but I, I really do I'm, think I, I'm not, he's like, one I'm of not, the greats. I'm not crying. I'm just saying that this this is just not this is not what I hear when I hear people talk about Chris Paul. This is not what I hear yeah, when I hear people talk about Chris Paul. Chris not Paul's not okay. good. He's but, not. But so so I'm not saying that Chris Paul's in Jokic's class, right? Jokic is a two-time MVP. But what I'm saying is Chris Paul, who is a diminutive point guard, who every single team he goes to, he transforms the team into a winner. Yeah. Everywhere he goes. Like literally everywhere he goes, Chris Paul transforms the team into a winner. But Chris Paul's inability to get over the hump and win a championship, it's like he's being held to a different standard than a two-time MVP. And he's even been to the finals. Like he, like he's even, he's been to the finals with the Suns. He was just there. Like it's, I understand what you guys are saying. And I'm not saying that everything that you're saying about Jokic isn't true. It is true. Just like when James Harden was doing amazing things, right? Just like yeah. when Kobe, when like just like when Kobe averaged 40 points a game for like a whole month and the Lakers were like a seventh seed. You know what I mean? It's like all of that stuff, all of that stuff matters. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying if we're gonna compare him to two of the best winners in the history or those guys on that level at all, I just think that at some point he's got to prove that you can build a championship formula around him. And when you guys talk about everything that he does to contribute to wins, it does. But that team lacks rim protection because they have a, a half of a DeAndre Jordan, and then they have another guy who can't defend, who can't protect the rim. So 
They have a major, major, he's, major deficiency. He's a decent defender. That's gonna, he, he's, I, he's, I think he's an average defender. Decent. Yeah, I think he's turned he, into a decent guy. He's okay. He tries mm-hmm. hard, but you're gonna get back. You're gonna get baskets at the rim against the Nuggets. And yeah, I, and, that's fair. And, and, and and like and that's like a thing, right? And no, so, of course he's he's not without he, he's not without weaknesses. Of course, the guy has has weaknesses to his game. I would just say again to the Chris Paul point, to James Harden point, when those guys were at their best, I watched them play worse in the playoffs. Like I watched them play worse than they're capable of in the playoffs. Could say the same thing about Giannis before the championship when he's bashing his head against the um the Toronto Raptors with Kawhi in them and he just not playing as well as we watched him play that whole regular season and people were like yo hold on do we need to stop giving this guy MVPs he's playing worse when it matters that's not the case with Jokic he's not playing worse when it right, matters but like the, his team but might it's not, not translating be up. Into, it's, it's not translating into team success. Well, but the, la- the, the last two years aren't fair because, like, if you just took Pippen away from Jordan in '91 and '92, they probably don't win the this, title. I know, I, I know, I'm, I know, I'm swimming in years. the swimming in the Jordan pool <laughs> for a second there. <laughs> He's I'm just saying, you take away anybody's years. second best teammate, they're not going to win the title. They're just not. No. <laughs> it sounds like I'm hating. I love Jokic. I love to watch him. I think he's a lot of fun. You can. If you guys want, shout out to Stack and, and 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 Matt. We can go on all of the smoke two years ago and talk about how much I like Jokic. I well, love Jokic. Can we at I, least agree I, on this? What? I think he needs he needs it this year more than any other player. He's 27. This is the best team he's had. If you just go through all the stars. Now, somebody would say Embiid needs it too. I just don't think you can win a title if Embiid and Harden are your two guys. I don't trust Harden. I just don't. I just don't. Look, uh, look you Just like with somebody... Brooklyn. Brooklyn's won 10 in a row. I don't trust Kyrie to not undermine this at some point yeah. over the next three months. Do you, Wes? Ben, like, we know how this Simmons. is going to go. Or Ben I, Simmons. I, pick, I don't I trust pick, either you guy. Don't, you don't trust nuggets. Kyrie. I get that. Kyrie's a champion. Oh, God. Yeah, he is. I don't trust Kyrie. I, look, look, there's a lot of reasons not to trust Kyrie. Oh like, my there's God. a there's a hold on hold on hold on there's a lot of reasons not to trust Kyrie oh a lot of reasons not God. to trust Kyrie I get it Kyrie made a go ahead shot on oh the goodness. road game Man. seven are we of the this? NBA finals we're, we're making what Kyrie responsible we're making like, Kyrie responsible like, for that championship. I'm, I'm not Come making. On, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Come they don't on, win bro. that championship without him. Okay, he's not the most responsible person. That was wait, the wait, problem. Wait, so, but, Go but, but, on, but, but, man. What are you doing? Champion- he stuck up the joint champion- for two games in that series. They don't series. win Stop that championship it. without him. What are you talking they absolutely about? Don't. Let, just real quick, real quick. Wow, Waz, he, Waz. he did make the shot. I hate to say real, it, real but quick, he did. Real quick. He made it. Real quick, real quick. Was do they win that championship without Kyrie Irving? Probably not. Okay. They probably so that's don't all, win the championship that without Richard making. Jefferson either. They the had only, the bench the Kevin Love at points. I like, that's a good people. counter. What are you talking like? What are we doing? J.R. Swish. J.R. Swish so, made a bunch of big buckets. He had moments in game so, seven. So if like, we so if we if we, if we, if we look at Kyrie's numbers from that that series, you're gonna tell me they look from like game trash. three on, he was excellent. Yes. Okay. But the first okay, two cool. games do count and matter. Yeah. I, I mean, what right, just like I'm saying, just like winning games in the playoffs matters. I'm saying, you guys, you can't trust Kyrie. Kyrie has all types of issues. Everybody understands that. But I'm just letting y'all know that you're talking about a guy that made 
a gigantic pressure shot and showed his ass in the final. St- Steve Kerr did, did that a few times too. Nobody would ever give him some lion's share credit. What I would say is Kyrie is on the, you know, he's on the second tier level. He'll be part of why somebody might may or may not win a championship. He's not going to be the engine. Okay? He's going to be, you know, you can't No, have we a saw him as the engine. I had to watch it. <laughs> exactly. Disaster. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kyrie played a major role in a championship, as have other g- good to great players in the past. All I'm saying about Jokic is like, this guy plays incredible. Um, I think there will be people like Steph Curry, like Luka, who can exploit what his weaknesses are in a playoff matchup. But I think these are highly special, specialized players. Most people are not going to be able to deal with this guy. They're not going to be able to exploit the, the dude's weaknesses. And he's going to just just fillet people on offense. I, 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 I mean, at this point, like, again, the end of games, when the best defenses in the NBA are trying to stop this guy, they don't know what to do. Clutch situation. I'm watching me. Clutch basket after clutch basket. Clutch pass. Like, no matter what the moment is. I remember Draymond Green last year. They know They know what they're going up against. They know Jokic has to do everything. Draymond's like, yo, dude. This dude is, he's on another planet. This is crazy how good this guy is. And Draymond gives nobody any credit. And so, like, I, I don't know. I, I hate being the the sort of captain of the, you know, the Jokic bandwagon. I just think that much of the guy. First of all, I'm the captain. Second oh, yes, of all, the co-captain. Well, now, well, there's a lot of co-captains for the Jokic bandwagon. <laughs> oh, no, you, I, people love Jokic. Oh, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think the key point here, you mentioned the Curry last year was 2022. It's kind of a flawed Warriors team, but they they were able to throw. They got better as that, especially that last series came along. But the key in that whole series was game four and mm-hmm. Curry just levitates above everybody and has that moment, right? Absolutely Same thing with Giannis yep. in that Sun series, which came down to a couple of plays those last couple of games. But Giannis, especially in game six, he just levitates over everybody. And I, that's kind of the last stage. Every great player did it. And that's what I want to see from Jokic. And that's why... You know, I think these playoffs are going to be great. We don't really have a great West team. We have Boston and Milwaukee in the East. I'm not even sure what those teams are going to look like two months from now. I do think the trade deadlines can be important. But in the Jokic case, it is it is set up for him to have one of those kind of runs. You know, he's got the team's good enough. They'll probably make one trade. I'm sure we won't see DeAndre Jordan in the uh, in the playoffs. I'm sure we'll see somebody like Pirtle or whoever. Um but it is the runway is there. And the fact that like even that LeBron and AD are out, you don't have to see them in a round one, just like having to go bully ball against those guys. You know, uh, Van, where do you stand on Luca before we go? Love Luca. Okay. Love Luca, love Jokic. <laughs> just it's 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 the same thing. Why were you retweeting like, James Harden 50 10 10 triple double stats? Like and somebody you know, was pointing uh, out what what was going a, on there? A, a couple of years ago. I asked you about the young players in the league. And yeah. who would you take? You say you said you take Luca over everyone. Right? I, you said I think that. I I think I still might. Yeah. You would take Luca over Jason. You take you take Luca over Jason Tatum right now. Yeah. Luca's 23. <laughs> He's two I'll years decide, younger than Tatum. Tatum. I yeah, think so Tatum take, turns 25 this year. So Tatum's 25. So to to me, look, love Luca. I don't see that much difference between Luca and James Harden. Well, style-wise, it's it's I, I, like, definitely I a little I, similar. I, I I don't see much difference between Luca and James Harden. 
Well, there's there's one difference see, though. There's one crucial incre- difference I, though. I see an incredibly high usage player. Yep. Like who who mm. is insanely ball dominant with a, a questionable shot, shot selection. Luca's James is actually a better shooter than Luca, right? <laughs> um, not quite the passer, but still, I don't know. They might be equal as passers. And I see I see a guy who and a guy who doesn't play defense. Who like who who's a defensive liability? I see the same yeah. thing. And when James was doing what he was doing, it was historic, and he did it like night after night after night. Fifty seven, blah 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 blah. Did I enjoy watching it? No, but I don't particularly enjoy watching Luca play. Mm, Why, watching somebody dominate the ball the entire time, and watch you know Finney Smith and Hardaway and like begging for the hey, I'm spotted up, Luca. Give it to me. Give it to <laughs> you me, know, Luca. You know what my rule on this is. If if the over under is two and a half on teammates that you have when you have the ball that are just standing in place, I'm probably not going to enjoy your offense that much. Also, like that's just how I feel. To be honest, and the thing is, Luca's game is not as heavily dependent as James's was on these fake ass fouls. Let's face it. In the playoffs, yeah. the refs call it tighter. Luca's that's game fair. still translates to the playoffs because he's not. He's not depending on this, like, ticky-tack, regular season, hooking people's arm, BS. And so his game actually travels. That's my thing with with James that I will say again. He always plays worse in the playoffs. Luka's going up against Kawhi, Paul George. He's cooking people. He's going nuts against some of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And still putting up his numbers, still playing efficiency, his team advancing against teams that you would argue that they shouldn't have beat. You know, um, even as he the Suns are a team that they that. definitely shouldn't have beat. You know what I mean? But the entire time James was doing what he was doing, the Warriors were cooking. Yeah, so he did not have he did not have the the he did not have a good team to go up against. He had an all time great dominant team. Yeah, until against. until Durant got hurt. In what in uh, 2019, they lost that one. And even in 2018, when he bricked all those threes in Game yeah, they, Seven, yeah. They but no, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would argue though. Like I would argue though that even without Kevin Durant, those Warriors teams put together were still better than the teams that he's. Rockets had. were favored in that Game Six. Here's yeah, they, the, I mean, the, the difference between Luca and, and Harden is this: Luca's six foot eight. And when he needs to, he can get physical and he can bully people and he has different options. Harden was basically just doing the same thing over and over again. It was incredibly successful, but it did feel like in a seven-game series, teams could get used to it. And I think it was a real problem for them. Dallas at least can get a little more malleable and they could be like, all right, we'll put Luka here. We'll put him there and they can move him around a little bit. Um, I can't wait for these playoffs. Spain, who's going to win the title? Oh, I have no clue. I really don't know. Waz, do you know who's going to win the title? Yeah. I came into the season, I picked the Nuggets. I just think they have the, you know, most incredible. You did? I had, yeah. I had Nuggets Bucks. That was my I had finals. the Nuggets. I just think they're, you, they have the best unit in the NBA, which is their offense. But watching them this year, their defense is scaring me. I now believe that the Celtics will win the championship so long oh. as they don't have to play the Warriors. Oh, my God. That is my belief. If the yeah. Warriors, because the Warriors, their path is ridiculous right now, super muddy, to get back to the championship. So long as they don't have to play Golden State, I think Boston's going to win the championship. Right. You think the Nuggets will make the finals? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, we don't know what the trades are, but I I think the Nuggets are the safest bet because I think they can get the one seed. I think the one seed's going to be big for them. Yeah. 
Obviously, I think I think Golden State is a better team when they're right, but who knows when or if or how Golden State gets right. And I think Devers is clearly the second-best team in the conference, and they have way less issues than everybody else, and so they're going to advance. I will say this. Watching Zion last night when he Scary. scored the 14th straight, Scary. Zion hits these moments in some of these games where you, you do wonder, like, oh, shit, what if this happened in the playoffs? What if you're down 3-2 in a series? And it's like a two-point game with eight minutes left, and he starts doing this. Like you're going home. So I don't know. I'm, I'm and they Zion's have trades to make too. Well, at yeah, least he's playing he harder than he did, which I think on yeah. both ends, which I like. All right, Van, good to see you. Woo! See you guys in the comments. Bye bye. Go Tigers! <laughs> <laughs> Looking to get more out of this NFL season? Well, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if the first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to touchdown scores to over-under yards to some of the crazy bets that we did a million-dollar picks this week, including one of my favorites, a first half to win. Same team wins the game, which you get some juicy odds for a team, I don't know, like maybe Carolina. We'll talk about them later. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. FanDuel also now live in Maryland. Marylanders, make sure you get in on the action also with great offers. Boost just for you. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 of free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code BS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others, real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60-day money-back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. That is Simply Safe with two eyes. Simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. We got rid of Van. He's going to uh, burn a Jokic jersey. Waz is still here. <laughs> we're going to um, we're gonna do a little wobbling for Wemby. A little check-in. Maybe we'll, we'll do this more than once. It is December mm -hmm. 29th. We're basically less than four months to the end of the season now. We have not seen a trade yet. And we have a couple teams that have clearly thrown their hat into the Wemby sweepstakes. And a couple other teams that are definitely like their suitcases are packed but they haven't called the Uber driver yet. And what we're going to do is go backwards with these teams and wonder who is going to make the self-sabotage trade? Who's going to start? Because part of this is you want to trade guys not only to get future assets, but to hurt your team. It's the self-sabotage move. It's smart. It's what Detroit, for instance, who is 9-28, they have the worst record in the league. They have Boyan Bogdanovich on their team. Got to get him off, right? They have a nice contract, 19, 20, 20, 19 for the next, this year, the next three. 
get him out of there because he might end up being the difference between 14% ping pong balls or 10 was. Mm -hmm. And this is the key to this part of the season. A, the self-sabotage. B, who has the assets to go get some of these guys? So we'll start mm. with Detroit. Bogdanovich, that's a guy that can, we know he can play in a playoff series. Playing crunch time. What if you're Brooklyn? You have those two Philly firsts from, uh, I think you have two Philly firsts from the Simmons hearted trade still. Joe Harris and those two firsts. Is that enough for Bogdanovich? I do you mean, do that yeah, if you're Brooklyn? You know, he's a clear upgrade from Joe Harris in the sense that he actually plays. Right? Yeah. Like he actually right. is available. And so they th that's kind of been the secret to the the secret sauce to Brooklyn's turnaround is one, horrible competition, but two, just getting dudes back at all right. has helped them immensely. And so yeah, I think Brooklyn should definitely be trying to get that because they need warm bodies. I am officially at the I'm scared of Brooklyn point of the <laughs> season and rooting for Kyrie to give a dumb press conference and <laughs> sabotage everything that's going on. They're playing hard. They're playing defense. They like their coach. It's the best we've seen Durant playing three to four years. And Kyrie seems pretty locked in and they're just, they're a problem because they know like, all right, we have these two scores. Simmons is better than I expected. I thought he was kind of a cross off. Even just the fact that he's competent again, I think is a huge mm -hmm. win for them. And I don't know. They're not that far out of it's like Boston, Milwaukee. I don't feel, I feel like they could hang with either of those teams in this, in a series if they're playing defense, but they need to make one more move, I think. Yeah, they need, they need another guy, absolutely, that, that can do stuff both with the ball and complements what they're trying to do with Kyrie and KD centric pick and rolls, meaning like, you know, stretches the floor, is a good cutter, yeah. a good screen setter. Bogey's not terrible at setting screens. Like he complements what the two main guys are going to do. And, like you said, the, the question was never really, do these guys have talent? It's like, can they play as a basket, a functional basketball team, right? Like, who who play for one another, who play hard, who execute right. at a high level in um, high leverage situations. This was never a question of talent. It's just like, will these guys get their heads screwed on, right? And their coach, let's face it, is just more competent than Steve Nash's. Um, and, and, you know, I love Steve Nash as much as anybody, but Jacques Vaughn has just been better at this job. And, you know, they've borne the fruits. Yeah. Again, the soft schedule helps. But they figured some things out in the midst of that. TJ Warren coming back has been huge. He dropped like 25 the other night. So, yeah, I, th I think it's nice what they're doing, but they do need another guy in the rotation. Well, that's the that's the case for them not doing anything is TJ Warren's looked really good. I've always liked TJ Warren. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't sure if he was going to be healthy again. I got to admit defeat on Nash. I think, you know, he prioritized the offense. That's how he sees stuff. And he didn't prioritize the defense. And that was one of the reasons, you know, for instance, the Celtics swept them. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're when things are a little disheveled, the defense, if you don't have it, can be the first thing that just blows up and looks terrible. They're playing defense. A um, couple other Bogdanovich teams. I don't know if Miami wants to risk the future or whether they think they're in this or not. And maybe with Jimmy Butler, you always have to feel like you are. But they have a little package that we'll mention for a couple teams. Duncan Robinson, who's got three years after this one. The contract's bad. It's not too bad, especially the cap's going to go way up. Nikola Jovic is good. Have you seen him? Yeah. You go, like, I, I think he's a legitimate, can be the anchor of a trade for a real guy if they want to do that. And then they also, they have the ability to trade their first this year 
They could trade their first and 27. So they can put some stuff together. My question is, is their team good enough to even think about, like, is Bogdanovich going to change their destiny? I would say no. It's not, and I feel like they they see themselves as being able to develop Bogdanovich type of players. And like Jovic? Yeah, and, you know, Caleb Caleb Martin, those kind of guys, these ancillary guys. Uh, Duncan yeah. Robinson, back when he could get the splinters out of his ass and actually play in a game. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, they, they pride themselves on inventing role players out of whole— Like, Josh Richardson has a career— because of this Miami right. stuff, right? Uh, and so it doesn't feel like they would use their chips to get a bogey type, but I don't know that the real live difference makers are available for them. Well, right there, now. there's one coming later that will do. The, so there's two other words. Memphis can do a Danny Green, Zaire Williams contract. I, mm. If I were them, I'm holding my chips for a bigger deal. The one that makes sense to me, the Dallas Mavericks. Josh Green, who I think has turned himself into a trade asset this year. They got the Bertans contract, which every year becomes less bad. I think there's <laughs> this year plus two more. And they can trade their 2026 or 27 first. And that's right around the price for somebody like Bogdanovich in the market. I don't see him going for like two firsts, anything like that. And that's a guy that would be a really fun fit with Luca and with that whole team. Gives them a little bit of a uh, little playmaking extra when Luca's on the bench, stuff like that. I think that's my favorite of all of these, da Bogdanovich to Dallas. Yes or no for you? I, I mean, I'm slightly a yes in the sense that he definitely supercharges what Luca's doing, where, like, you, you, you can't even dream. Sometimes teams, for instance, um, when Denver played them the other night, there were times where they were like, okay, we're going to have a rover against these Luka pick and rolls, and we're going to help off of Finney Smith. We're going to help off of Tim Hardaway Jr. at times. We're going to send, allocate extra resources, slough off in order to deal with what Luka's doing in pick and roll. You can't do that with Bogdanovich. Like, he's just a different, on a different planet when it comes to quality of shooting. Of course, there's that playmaking yeah. component that he brings because I think he's still underrated as a guy who has on-ball juice. However, I think they should be saving their bullets for a person who can soak up possessions. Like, in a meaningful way, not in a secondary Spencer Dinwiddie type of guy. They need somebody who can share possessions with Luca, where he's not doing this 45 usage thing. Like Jalen Brunson? <laughs> <laughs> can they get him back? I don't know why I wasn't expecting you to say that, but I wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, somebody like Jalen Brunson, but maybe mm. in their dream, somebody better than that. Right? Maybe they can go out and get Brad Beal, who finally feels like it's okay to leave. They're DC not going to have or... enough. I got a Brad Beal team later. I don't think they have enough to get Brad Beal. But that's who I they, will say probably this, though. dreaming about, though. You know? I said this to our guy, Michael Pina, a few weeks ago when the Kyrie thing, he was at rock bottom from a stock mm -hmm. standpoint. And I was like, why wouldn't Dallas go for Kyrie right now? Like, I take agree. the swing. It's just like Dinwiddie and Dwight Powell's expiring and just, and Michael, to his credit, was just like, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing that. Not messing so, with Kyrie. I've got, I got Luca. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do think I, I they agree. need to do like a, like a swing on that level. I think the Kyrie ship has sailed for a trade like that because he's yeah. rebuilt some of his value. And I, he probably has more value to Brooklyn than any other team because KD 
for whatever reason, loves playing basketball with him. Yeah, and, and, and the can thing bring is, out the best in him. The reason why Kyrie makes sense because of his role in 2016 yes. was the perfect one. It's the sense that LeBron is the point guard. He's the one that drives the offense. But every now and again for four straight possessions, he would just be like, Kyrie, here's the ball. Go do, right. do whatever the do hell freelance. you want to do. He's like a, like a rock guitarist. Like, hey, exactly. play a solo, solo for like a yep. minute. Go nuts. Mm-hmm. Next team is Houston at 10 and 24. And they don't really have anything. It's going to be hard for them to sabotage themselves. I, I think they. It's really just Eric Gordon. <laughs> it, well, they're, and they're they're going to be in the bottom four. I think they're fine. They got the Eric Gordon trade chip. He's nineteen and a half this year. Proven proven three point shooter and spacer. Not having the greatest year. He's like playing thirty minutes a game, eleven point five points, thirty five percent from three. That could be like a last second. Uh, Josh Green and Bertans for Gordon type thing. Or he could be a buyout guy, which I think is an important thing to remember with some of these guys. They might just buy him out in February and then he goes to the highest bidder. Charlotte's another one that I couldn't figure out what they do. They got Rogier, who I think is a guy who could be in a playoff series, but he's at 21 and a half, 23.2 and 24.9. It's a pretty big big shoe to yeah. take on there um, for a third guard for any really good team, right? They got Hayward at 30 and 31 and a half. I'm just not going near him if I'm a potential playoff team. I don't trust that he can stay on the floor. Ubre at 12.6 and Plumlee at 9.8. The only one I could think for them is if the, like LeBron was, was doing his whole thing last night. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I, this isn't what I wanted to do out mm-hmm. of basketball. And if the Hornets were just said, Hey Lakers, We'll give you Hayward, Rogier, Plumley, and Kelly Oubre. You can have all four guys. You give us back Westbrook and Beverly and and Wen and Gabriel, and give us your twenty seven first. Top top two protected, mm. and that's it. And now you're sabotaging yourself. You're grabbing that Lakers. God knows who's going to be on their team way down the road. The Lakers, maybe it's top one protected, like what the Celtics mm-hmm. do with the Spurs. And it's just like, here's everybody. And then now you're in a full, deep, deep, deep tank. Unless Westbrook just averages 40 a game and screws it up for you. Yeah, I don't... I think two things with Charlotte. One, I think they're plenty bad to already screw themselves into not mattering. But I think what this does is it stops the charade of we're good. We're chasing something. Right. Yep. And it and it clarifies where they're at as far as their rebuild. And we're trying to get Wembenyama and we're completely rebuilding and we're not pretending that we're, we're going to be some competent playoff level type of team. We're still developing LaMelo, seeing what kind of guy he is before we hand him some massive extension. Uh, They're going to bring back Miles Bridges. That's happening. Um, yep. From all the people that I've spoke to that are pretty close to the situation, he's coming back. Like the parameters under which, like what the deal will be structured or whatever, I don't know. But he's going to be a Charlotte Hornet in the future. So it's just well, like, and part of it is he's going to get suspended for X number of games, and they'd rather have that happen this year when they suck. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so I think Oof. it's unseemly. Of, it's the unseemliest NBA it's, story right it's, now. It's, it's bad. It's bad Not great. in the sense we don't need to that, talk about it. Uh, yeah, I, like obviously the guy should be punished officially by the league. Um, I think this unofficial suspension should carry on for the whole year. That's just my opinion. And then next year he can start serving out his quote unquote real suspension. 
Mm. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. But they're gonna continue on with him. They're gonna try to get the number one pick, and they got Lamelo. And then yeah, just be a rebuilding team. All right, quick question. Turn the TikTok camera on, Kyle. If you're the Lakers, is this just a sunk cost? I think you don't know I, when AD is coming back. He's out at least four more weeks, probably six. Best case scenario, you might be the tenth seed in the play-in. You'd have to win two, two one and done games in a row on the road. You have no idea who's, you know, whatever. And then you're going to go against Denver in a one-eight matchup or whoever, and you're going to sacrifice a 2027 first just for the just because LeBron, you don't you feel bad because you signed them. <laughs> it's not good business. I'm sorry, yeah. it's just not. Uh, to me, the Lakers need to tell LeBron to eat his medicine. Um, at the end yeah, of the you, day, you extended with us. You signed the extension. Sorry, you, buddy. You extended That's how with it works us. Out. One at the end of the day, this roster is such that AD has to play at an MVP level and LeBron at an All Star level for them to play 500 ball. So, like, let us put together a team where that's not the case. And we can yeah. only do that by taking our medicine this year, opening up a lot of cap room in the summer, and improving this roster with the help that these guys need. Like, this Well, that's, that's the nice version of it. The other version is just to be like, hey, dude, you told us to trade all our shit for Davis. Like, well, you wanted okay, that. Okay, you but did. Davis and we won the title. Davis is one thing. They still had a championship level squad, right? Like they right. won, they went 21 and 7. Danny Green and the number one pick for Schroeder. Yeah. So the Westbrook trade. Every, exactly. Yeah. All of your wing depth being traded away yeah. and letting Caruso walk out the door so that you can bring tough. in Russell Westbrook. Bronx I think it's a sunk cost. I think you sunk cost it. Yeah. Just eat it. San Antonio is a fun self sabotage team because they have some guys I'd want. Doug McDermott. 13.8, 13.8. Last five years was 42% from three. Pretty sure he could be in a playoff series. Um, theoretically. Theoretically. Would you like to see him on Milwaukee instead of Grayson Allen? So, <laughs> yes, I, yes, I would. But the thing about Milwaukee, you always got to be careful of. It's like, are they ever really willing to take on salary, um, especially salary that oh. goes on into the future? Like they, they that's spent, one. It's one year after them, this. I don't want to call them cheap, but because they, they've spent enough. But I'm always wary about like their salary situation when you say this guy has, you know, a year after this left on his deal. Well, Allen and Bochamp, that does it. Those th that could be for San Antonio, and then they get rid of McDermott. Also, Cleveland, if they wanted to give up on Isaac Okoro, and I, I, they probably don't, but they could put him with Winders expiring and do that. I think McDermott is also a possible two-year buyout guy, mm. which doesn't really happen that often, but you could see them where they buy him out for maybe, I don't know, 13 of the 20... 25, 27 that he's got left. Somebody signs him for four for the rest of the year. The next year he's a free agent again. He makes some money back. So who knows? They also have Josh Richardson, who I think is a buyout guy. Pirtle's the big one. He's yeah. only at 9.4. And it's somebody that Denver actually needs. And yeah. Denver can Denver has a trade exception of 9.7 from the Monty Morris trade that he actually fits in, which is amazing for them. So they could just get Pirtle. They took Peyton Watson, the 30th pick. Maybe they throw him in. I like Zeke Najee. I, I don't know if I would trade him, but if that's a deal breaker to get Pirtle, I, I would do it. As long as we're not but, trading Christian Brown, I don't really... 
Oh my Kid, god! I'm, are you are you I'm, on the bandwagon? I'm in, I'm, I'm I'm in, in too. Christian I like Brown. that dude. He's Me really too. scrappy. Like the our guy I Kyle the, Mann's in on him too. He I think he's he bought the bandwagon, so we're just in the backseat. I was actually texting with him about this yeah. kid, and what I liked was he was taking pride in guarding John Morant. Yeah. Right? Like he was not to say that he did some amazing job, but he understood that this is my number one priority is trying to stay in front of this dude, which it's crazy, but a lot of dudes don't understand this. Like, you know, it's a really important job. It's not glamorous. You you know, your buddies are not going to text you after the game like they would if you drop 15 points because you splashed five threes. Mm. But him taking that that role and taking that seriously, as young as he is, yeah, just don't get rid of Christian Brown, please. <laughs> I think Perto ends up on Denver. Orlando is 13 and 23. So that's our that's our bottom five right now. Detroit nine and twenty eight, Charlotte nine and twenty six, Houston ten and twenty four, San Antonio eleven and twenty three. Those are the worst four. Mm-hmm. Orlando's in a weird spot because they're actually like talented, and they can throw some haymakers from time to time. And they have two awesome forwards that I love watching. And then this bull bull thing happened out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and they might just be good being the fifth worst team and actually like winning some games. They don't really have a self-sabotage trade. I don't it, Terrence Ross, I think, probably had more uh stuff two years ago for Yeah, and, for and chips. They, they don't need to self-sabotage because while they are talented, they're very young and they're gonna do plenty of losing without the help. Like to me, those five teams, Orlando, San Antonio, Houston, Charlotte, Detroit, they can stand pat and stink the joint up. Right. It's it's who Orlando, some- I'd be a little or I'd be a little worried about Orlando because I do yeah. think like, because we're about to do Washington. Washington could just say, fuck it. And <laughs> all of a sudden be really bad and lose, you know, 20 of their next 25. And that's what they have to worry about, I think, is somebody out batting them. Um, Let's talk about Washington. They're 15 and 21. They got a little momentum. House, who you know. My he's, boy. He's uh he's talking about, well, now that Wright's back, we're five and one. Like, Wright was missing piece. <laughs> They have Beal for 15 for 251. I, I'm sorry, for five for 251. Poor Zingas, I'm not sure anyone wants him. They got Will Barton is expiring 14.4. Kuzma's the big one. Mm-hmm. I think Kuzma has real value. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a juicy first. It might even be a juicy first and then one other pick that belongs to like Milwaukee or somebody who's good. And it's like, we got two firsts. It's like, yeah, you got one and a half. There's a Miami trade, that same trade we mentioned for Bogdanovich. Kuzma and Taj Gibson for Duncan Robinson, Jovich, and 23 first. I don't even know if that's quite enough, but that's that's a fun trade for both teams. I, I would like getting Jovich. There's a Beal and Kuzma for Westbrook, none, mm. some firsts. I, I don't know who that makes sense for. Um, you could get some three-team action if you want to get Phoenix involved with Jay Crowder. The thing with Kuzma is a free agent at the end of the year, and he's not going to resign yeah. there. Yeah, and I think I, you have to trade him, right? Yeah, I yeah they, they have to trade him. But I think Kuzma, to me, he's the perfect fit with every single contender. I think Memphis should be trying to get in, into this. You mentioned Phoenix, Phoenix, Milwaukee. Instead of Dougie McBuckets, Kuzma should be the guy, especially with the middle. I don't think they injuries. have enough, though. I, they don't have the they picks. Don't have, I don't they, think they don't with with, with Drew yeah. Holiday and all of the stuff that they gave away for that. But like every single contender should be trying to get. 
Kyle Kuzma in their building because, one, the defensive versatility is not just that he guards wings. He can guard most fours. Um, right. He he go, just, you go small ball, you go bigger big, with him. Exactly. Boom. And it's not Malleable just from guy. his size. He wants to guard people. Right. His shooting, again, he's not some dead eye, but you can't completely leave him open. He's an incredible cutter. He's incredible in transition. You know, he every now and again, he can give you some one on one stuff. By the to, way, he's been in big games. He, he yes. was in the finals. He won yes. a title. I, I want to have a guy like that. Kuzma's the guy, though, to me. Everybody should be calling people about. You just mentioned he's got big games. This isn't theoretical. Like this guy played in huge games, made big shots. So, yeah, Kuzma's the guy that people should be phoning about. That could be a fun Memphis one, too. But I do think there's a better Memphis Golden guy that we'll get State, to in a second. Yeah, you know, Golden State, another one. Right. The Bulls, we've already talked about the Bulls in the pod, but they if they want to sabotage DeRozan they, at 27-3, yeah. Vucevic at 22, Caruso, he's at $9 million this year. And same thing as Kuzma. Um, he has real value. Kobe White, if they wanted to get I don't know, 7.4, but if they wanted to add him to any trade, they're 15 and 19. My guess is they'll probably limp along and and probably decide a month from now. Yeah, or wait till the offseason, but I don't think they'll do it until, until February. Toronto becomes really interesting. At 15 and 19 with a very aggressive GM who won a title a couple years ago and has fuck you power, right? And he might just be like, uh, I don't really like this team. It's time to rebuild. I'm very jealous of what Danny Ainge just did in Utah. I want my version of that. He's got Ananobi at 17.4, who everybody in the league's been after for like a year. Makes a lot of sense in Memphis. Could make a lot of sense in Golden State. Um, Phoenix, if Phoenix, I guess Cam Johnson would have to be in that trade. I think but Portland, you going down the line. Portland Portland's is another an, one. An we know Anobi. they wanted them. Mm-hmm. Portland, if there's a little well shade and sharp accent. Yeah, yeah. Oof, oof. Ooh. Oof. Be careful about trading him. Hey, listen. Yeah. I'm I'm be careful. I'm really into shade and sharp. Be, but... Me too. We, we well, I'll see you at the meeting on Wednesday when <laughs> yeah. we just watch his YouTube clips. The thing about Toronto, though, it's become one of these like every single year they have the option of doing this, and every single year they opt into competitiveness. Yeah. And so I just I, yeah, Siakam, he should be out there. You know, if they're really serious about their re- rebuild, Siakam should be number one off the board. He's their best player, easily, clearly. That their could best that could player. be another Memphis guy. Another yeah, another Memphis guy. All over the place, people want a Siakam, right? Uh, defensive versatility on the wing and can guard fours. He's shown this year that he he's just a legitimate NBA scorer, so he does that. Um. That could be an Atlanta fit, too. Fred Van Vliet is another guy who, you know, I feel like the Lucas stuff has been happening for years with Dallas maybe being a landing spot for Van Vliet as a secondary guy. What about Orlando? I've been calling for this for a couple weeks. Orlando goes the other way. Says, you know what? We like our team. Let's add Fred Van Vliet to this. But yeah, they got Van Vliet's only at 21 this year, and then he's got a player option. Siakam's 35.5, 37.7 next year. They also have Gary Trent, who's an expiring at 17.5. Porter, 6 million. They have a bunch. Like, if they wanted to, they could be the most fun trade machine team. If they were just like, you know what? We're blowing this up. <coughs> like, great. That sounds good. It's They've um, been the most trade fun trade machine team since Kawhi left. 
but they've just refused to embrace their destiny, Bill, of giving us content and stuff to talk about by moving. Because these guys go to a team, they're going to make the team better, materially yeah. better. And that would be fun to see, especially OG and Siakam. So, yeah. Can I give you a fake trade that I was excited about? It's a three-teamer. Toronto, Minnesota, Miami. Miami gets Van Vliet and Trent. Mm-hmm. Minnesota gets Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Toronto gets D'Angelo Russell, Jovic, and Miami's 2023 first. Russell's an expiring free agent. I'm just trying to figure out how to get anyone better than D'Angelo Russell on Minnesota because I just can't watch him anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, so... even Lowry, who I think is at a, a declining his part of his career. Just, yeah, his body's done. Just love take, Kyle Lowry. But yeah, having yeah. an adult in Minnesota... Adult. To be like, what are you doing, Rudy Gobert? Why are you yelling at the ref? There's four minutes left. Just come back to the huddle. Somebody Stop. who commands some level of respect because that's what yep. Minnesota's missing. They just don't have a toughness. There's just no... There's no adulting happening over there. It's just a bunch of guys mm. that it, look. I don't could be Kyle be, Lowry. These guys, some of these guys are still really young, but Kyle Lowry would be a nice fit if his body could somehow hold up. And D'Angelo Russell, like, what is he, Bill? What's his next deal? Like, what, what's his next deal? What's his next team? What are they talking themselves into about this this dude? I think he's looking at like a Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Poole mm. type situation on his next team. But that's about twelve million a year. He's making thirty right now. D'Angelo, you'll be taking a pay cut next year. <laughs> the, the going rate for what you do is about twelve million. Uh, the last, the last uh, Wembenyama team, unfortunately, is the Los Angeles Lakers who don't have their pick. <laughs> They're fourteen and twenty-one. New Orleans does have the pick. You just, well, you just wanted to bring this. You well, just wanted to. That's do, our last team to just turn the knife in the Lakers one last time as a parting shot. I, the that's glee it. in your face, Bill, right uh, now. Trying to it's, hide it. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> but the silver lining, they get to swap picks with New Orleans, who will probably be like a, you know, three seed in the West. So that'll that'll be like the twenty fourth pick. So they'll have that to trade. At I least guess. they'll have a pick, right? Yeah, at least they'll have a. At least they don't have to sit out the draft. But yeah, I think, you know, it would have been interesting if they had their pick, and they had the ability to trade LeBron, which is the weirdest thing that happened in 2022 NBA wise that I have no explanation for. A lot why of people did Le- didn't talk about this. Why did LeBron do an extension that made him unable to be traded for an entire season? Also, why? The- <laughs> that's, that, that's what I was going to say. Also, like, LeBron signing his deal when he did timing-wise that made it so that he couldn't be traded was just like, that's interesting. Why? Why? <laughs> and then he does the speech last night about, I'm playing for rings right now. And it's like, if you're playing for rings... He doesn't want to move, Bill. That's why did you, He doesn't. But why would you lock into this team... When they try to trade Westbrook all summer and you didn't even want to like shake his hand in Vegas and really it's you and Davis and Davis is one of the biggest health risks we have of any of the good players. Why would you not want to keep your options open for February? I mean, like, he's a they. We already know he's a billionaire. It's like, oh, I made an extra three million bucks. It's like you have a billion dollars. Yeah. I, don't I, get I, it. I really think he doesn't want to leave the city of Los Angeles and I can't blame him being rich. So he here wanted to lock down to really LA. fun. Yeah, he wanted to lock down L.A. Yeah. And just make sure that they didn't trade him to, like, 
some weird place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I wonder and if he regrets it. He's suffering the consequences of that. 100%. I, you know, I was, every now and again, Bill, you hang out with people who like, yeah. they find out what you do and they ask you these questions and somebody was like, the LeBron stuff, like, d- d- should we be parsing every single thing that he says? I'm like, of every single player in the league, LeBron more than anybody knows exactly what he's saying when he is saying it. He is saying it because people are going to parse his words. So, yeah, with LeBron, like, it's worth reading into. He's trying to send a message to somebody every time he opens his mouth. And the Lakers are listening to the message. They're like, sorry, dude, you resigned. <laughs> <laughs> and it's your fault we have the team we have because you, you wanted us to trade for all these guys. Yep. You were yep. forcing us to trade for Davis and Westbrook. We won a title. Got a title out of it. Um, well, it's good to see you. We can hear you on the Ringer NBA show. Um, sometimes we can see you on the website in various ways. And, of course. Uh, and on YouTube as well. Uh, happy holidays, my friend. Happy holidays to everybody. Shouts to Nephew Kyle, great producer. Shouts to everybody at The Ringer uh, next year. Bigger and even better things coming up. So, yeah, so happy to be back on the BS. All right, see you in 2023. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right, taping this noon Pacific time on Thursday. Peter Schrager's here as always. He's recovering from a little stomach flu. <laughs> he's play, he's I, playing hurt. I'm playing hurt. I'm playing he had a hurt, questionable. Man. He had a red flag next to him in fantasy. It's fantasy championship week. I got to go. Let's roll. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up my Luca game, 60 and 20. Let's go. We have also we have been doing really well in million dollar picks, and last week went two and two in our big ones, and had some bad luck. The Miami game where the Dolphins fell apart, and then the Eagles where they somehow didn't cover. I was feeling really good about the slate. It gets harder in week seventeen because yeah. we have these teams. That's like, are you going to try? Do you care? What's going on here? Like Niners Raiders is the perfect example for me. The Raiders. Uh, they bench car for the season. They're starting Jared Stidham, who I just don't think is a good quarterback. And yet, I don't know what the Niners, you could tell me they're just like, we're good. We'll take the three seed. We just want to be healthy for round one. What do you think they do? I think they're going to play. I, I'll tell you why. Because of conference records right now, they have the tiebreaker over Minnesota. And by the time they play, maybe they'll have a better idea of like what's going on. But if they somehow can tie Minnesota, they're a game behind and go through the the numbers with me. If they lose 
if Minnesota loses to the Packers and the 49ers win, they have the tiebreaker over, over Minnesota. That playoff game in the second round would be in San Francisco. So I think at the very least, there's two more weeks left. They're a game behind and they have the tiebreaker over Minnesota. I think the Niners are going to play the string out as hard as they can. Well, interesting. They, they play at 4.05 ET yeah. on Sunday and the Vikings-Packers game starts 20 minutes later. Yeah. So there's a world where they could play hard for a half and then see what, and if the Vikings are up 17-3. But even like, still, ah, the next it. week, the next week, if the Vikings lose and the Niners win again, and the Niners, they're only one game behind. So wow. I think they, they have to finish. If they, if they want that glimmer of a home game, they need it. That said, you know, maybe they take the foot off the gas a little bit if they're blowing the Raiders out. Do you think the Raiders come out and f- play fired up football for Jared Stidham now? Is that how you see this going? I always get worried with QB changes and coaching changes, but the the point of all of this is I only want to concentrate on games where yeah. I know both teams give a shit. Yep. So that rules out Giants Colts. I yep. have no idea what's going on with the Colts, and it looks like Jeff Saturday will be back on TV uh, on a rival network of yours in about three weeks. Yep. Lions Bears. We're gonna dabble in in, in underdog parlay. But just for fun, because uh, it, there's a world where the Bears just run the ball on the Lions. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Chiefs, Broncos. KC could be the one seed if yes. Buffalo loses. They do care. Broncos coaching change. It just, to me, says, seems like a stay away. Chiefs are minus 13 and a half. The unclear ones. Cowboys, Tennessee tonight. We'll find out what happened. by the time people hear this, that'll happen. Chargers, Rams. Okay. So the Chargers can get to a five seed. Yep. The Rams don't have their first round pick. I assume both teams are going to try. What's going on with the Rams? Do we trust the Rams? What's happening? You don't love this Rams team with uh, Kobe Durant with two picks? No, like the Rams are fun right now. They're playing all these guys that probably shouldn't be on the field. And like after a couple of weeks together, they're gelling. And, you know, it's interesting on Christmas Day, the whole country is watching the Rams and everyone's rolling their eyes. They blew out that Broncos team and the Broncos look so inept on one end. Their coach gets fired, but... McVay had his guys ready to play. And I'll tell you, there's a couple players like Cam Akers, who I think revitalized his career over the last few weeks. And, you know, he and McVay have had a whole roller coaster ride this season. Yeah. And now they're on great terms. And you look at some of the other players on that team that, you know, you're talking about Laurel Murchison, like a guy who would never, never get on the field for the Rams because of injuries is playing lights out. I mentioned Kobe Durant. There's a bunch of no-name players. Like, the Rams are fighting. I don't know if they have enough Baker's fighting to, to stay the, in the league. Yeah. And I don't know if they have enough talent to keep up with the Chargers and that would crush Rams fans to hear because they don't like the Chargers fans and they share the building and the whole thing but I just don't know if the Rams with what they're putting on the field can can keep up with with the other LA team well the Chargers look like a tease candidate to me because you could take them down to one and a half basically and then have fun with another game that I really like that we'll talk about in a second and yet so the Chargers have a chance for the five seed especially if the Dolphins lose to the Patriots yes and then that game suddenly takes a bigger weight. But that's why these games always make me nervous. Jags, Texans, we know that the Jaguars only need to win in week 18. The Falcons, Cardinals, nobody needs that game. <laughs> and and then, I, you know, and then the other one, Washington Browns, where it means nothing Washington, to the Browns. No, Washington needs everything. Washington, but Browns, it doesn't mean anything. And yet that's the fishiest line of the week. Washington's only favored by one and a half at home against a Browns team that's already been eliminated. And Sal and I talked about this on Sunday. It had all the makings of the stay away. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the legal stick it to Washington again. I don't know what's happening, but why isn't that line Washington by three? 
there's so little faith in Carson Wentz. I imagine that everyone thinks that Carson Wentz is going to come down and pee down his leg, and it's like Cleveland's just going to run the ball down their throat. But that, I think it's a good matchup for Washington. Washington needs this. If Washington, you know, there's a way that the Packers can get in. The way that the Packers get in is if they win out and if Washington loses one of these games. Uh, if Cleveland upsets Washington, the Packers have a very clear path that they can get by Minnesota. I think that would be the most fascinating storyline if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers found their way into this just downright beaten down NFC, to be honest. The NFC, I, I mean, are you, the Eagles right now, after all the injuries they're suffering and what they've got going on, the Niners have Brock Purdy, which I think, you know, you and My I have guy. Talked, We love him. It's great. But if you're telling me that you, you let Aaron Rodgers back in the club and they're the winners of five straight games going into the playoffs, I don't know if that's a great matchup for the two seed. So I'm trying to figure out, I was looking at the, Washington, Cleveland. Well, why not just go Giants big? Like the Colts had nothing on on Monday night. If I'm looking at that game, you say you want to stay away. I'm so tired of losing money on games that have the Colts involved. I hear you. Okay. And I don't know if I trust the Giants to just take care of a high just, line. Like it's an easy against take care of business. Well, yeah. let's go. We'll go in order in the games I like, and then we can talk about some of the storylines with them. The biggest okay. one, um, the most fascinating game of the week is Dolphins Pats. Yep. where you have Teddy Bridgewater coming in for Tua. The Tua concussion, this is third concussion of the year. I, it's amazing nobody even thought that this was a reason why he tailed off so badly in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. Then there, was there, was, one, there was one person one on play. Twitter who posted a video, and it was during the game. I, I feel bad I don't have the person's name, but he posted it, and it got sent around in like NFL circles immediately after the game um, about the play and said, you know, Tua's performance you know, nosedived right after this play. But yes, uh, he's not playing this week. And I'll tell you, I talked to folks in Miami and they're like, Teddy is, is, this is why we have Teddy and Teddy's a great backup and all this thing. But no, Tua Tungavailoa was the guy. And like, to just think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to step right in and be everything that Tua was, um, that's not the case. And hopefully he can. And a lot of fans out there of Teddy's game, we've seen him do this before in New Orleans when they went 5-0 and when Drew Brees went out. But it, it's it's not the same offense to a T as it is with Tua running it, for sure. Well, the good news for them is they get to play the Patriots. Do they just fall apart? Like, after that loss, after Stevenson fumbles, is that is that it? Like, is that all she wrote? And I, I know you spoke about this with, I don't know if it was Solak or with or with Cousin Sal, where you were like, is, would you even want to see him in the playoffs again? I said that to Jason McCourty. I was like, your brother's on the team. You played for that team. Like, at this point, and he's like... I. I don't know, because last year they got to the wild card round and just got absolutely embarrassed. And that's almost the worst way to go out than just getting a good draft pick. And I'm like, really? Is that how Patriots fans are feeling? Like you'd almost rather just have a top 15 pick than even get top into the 15, wild card it, round? It could be like a top it could be eight top or nine 10. pick. Yeah. I, What's listen, your thoughts as a Patriots fan after watching the last two weeks, how they've lost those games? I'm on the record. I would rather see this team go seven and 10. I think this team has no chance at all in the playoffs. I right, Here's some stats for you. Yeah. Last five weeks, they're bottom 10 DVOA for the season, 32nd in the red zone. They mm. only have 38.5% touchdowns. They're red zone. So they're the worst team in the league in the red zone. They're 29th in first downs. They're 26th in third down percentage, 34.9. They have 26 offensive TDs, which is six from last. They're 30% on fourth down, which is second to last in the league. They're three for 10 on fourth down. They have 96 offensive penalties, which is the sixth highest. Mm. Their best receiver is in the top 35 receiving yards. Ramondre has been, I think, a little bit hurt for the last couple of weeks. 
And I think you could argue Mac's one of the five worst starting quarterbacks in the league. And I don't see, we just had a 15-game sample size of this combined with how bad the coaching staff is. Yep. I just don't see them beating this Miami team, whoever the quarterback is on Miami. Miami already kicked the shit out of them the first time they played. In Miami. Um, in Miami, this one, this but still, they were... They were super I'm, physical with them. I don't, their cornerbacks, did you see the cornerback situation for the Pats? I don't know yeah. who's covering, Mar yeah. losing Marcus Jones, who was the kick returner, who all he of a sudden fun. was an important <laughs> cornerback guy. Um, I just don't see how they're going to hang with them. And I also feel like Miami is a little undervalued. They were about to beat Green Bay. And Tua got concussed. And he threw three picks in the fourth quarter. Inexplicable. And now the we only have the reason they lost the game. Their yeah. defense was good in that game. Their defense gave up well, 301 yards on 65 plays. Their 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 offense put the defense in some real tough spots. Plus, you had a ridiculous onside kick call early on that gave them half a field. There was missed uh, missed opportunities all over the place by the Dolphins' offense. That the all Dolphins' defense was put in a real tough spot. They actually played really good against Rodgers last week. They did. Like Rodgers did not light them up. He had one big pass to Mercedes Lewis. But like, if you look at the way that those possessions started for the Miami defense, whether it was you know, mistakes or turnovers, whatever, they were packed up in their own territory and they stopped Green Bay a bunch of times. So I'm with you. It's more about whether Belichick can... I've never seen a Belichick team does not show up and fight, though. Like, do you think they just don't... They're just done? Is that how you look Have at it? Have you watched this season? I think they're done. They came all I, the way back last week. Yeah, but they, did you watch the game, though? I mean, yes, they got... I watched they I got, was texting you throughout. They got a suit... They're up... They're down 22. They get a super fluky pick six. Yeah. They get a Hail Mary that just bounces off somebody and goes I did right not know to, who Scotty Washington was. I didn't did know you? who Scotty Washington was. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. They got missed extra points and missed field goals from McPherson. From McPherson, yep. I don't know. They, the Bengals finished with 22 points. It should have been 30 plus. And I just don't think the Pats are good. And people keep thinking like, you know, my friends are, yeah, yeah you're trying to reverse jinx the Pats. Yeah, yeah, like, like, I'm, no, like, I'm really not. I actually, I no. care about the million dollar picks more than the Pats at this point. They have just botched this season. It's really so upsetting. I mean, it's funny, like these, like not the rumor, I could tell you, I'm, there's a lot of talk of Bill O'Brien returning. Like, does that excite you? Like, I don't know. Well, he's, like, like, he's well, an actual coach. It does. Okay. All right. He's running offense. He knows what he's I, doing. I just, I am like, I almost wonder if it would do this whole thing a favor if Belichick hired outside his little tree. He's not outside. doing that anymore. He doesn't want to do that I anymore. Know. He just wants like either people he already knew or people he's related to. It's just wild. So, There's all these young, great offensive coaches in the league. Like, all right, I'm not saying anything wrong against wrong with Bill O'Brien, but I think you've got other minds that maybe you could ingest or put a little more pizzazz into this Patriots team than the same guy who coached the offense 10 years ago. Here's one of the weirdest things I think of the whole season is Miami's week by week. Oh, it's, they a, win, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. They win Go three. Yeah. They lose three to Cincinnati, the Jets, and the Vikes. With Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Tua comes back. They win five. Five, yep. And now they've lost four. Every so game they in go December. Up three, down three, up five, down four. They lost to the Niners. No shame in that. At San Francisco, Niners might be the best team in the league. They lose to the Chargers. Tight it's a game. Tough one. Tough one. Good Sunday one. night. Close one. Could have gone either yep. way. They lose a close one in Buffalo in a blizzard. We spent we spent all last week raving yeah, we about, talked the about that. <laughs> the Packers game is over. It's over a couple different times. They somehow they blow that. My question was, are the Dolphins going to lose five straight games? Does that should, seem realistic should, to you with all the talent they have? Should we double down on the Dolphins? Should we double down? Because I still thought in the early part of that game, I'm like, 
I'm like, they look so good. Waddle goes for 86 yards. They've got all sorts of flash and most are running hard. And I don't know, Teddy Bridgewater, can he do the job? Would that not be a great story? Nick Foles did it a couple of years ago when, when Wentz went down, Foles came in and was like, I got it. Don't worry. Can Bridgewater do it? That's the question. I don't even want the plus two and a half for them. You just give me the plus up. 126. Yeah. Okay. Give me the plus 126. I, I actually don't understand the line. And I, I really think with the Pats, this has turned into a thing of its past performance is the only reason that these lines are the it's way the they logo. are. It's the logo. It's, People see the logo the in the building. Yeah. And Belichick, oh, Belichick, you don't want to, you don't want to keep him alive. It's like, this, this is done. Okay. It's over. The season's done. And I like the Dolphins and I hate rooting against the Pats, but at the same time, like if you're a real Pats fan, there's a real case to root for a top eight or a top nine pick and an impact guy, whether it's an impact defensive tackle, an impact receiver, um, let's the go, ability let's to go maybe back trade up. A year ago, they went to the wild card round as a seven seed and got absolutely destroyed by Buffalo on that Saturday night game. Like, would you rather them not made the playoffs or would you, were you happy that like, hey, we got to the playoffs? Going back in time, looking at it. It's a, it's a blur now, right? I mean, who cares? And last year's team was way better than this year's team in this it sense was. that better defense. They at least had some better wins. Yeah. This I do think there's a chance Mac ends up in Vegas next year. With McDaniels? It's interesting. Yeah. I think they really had a good relationship and I think McDaniels believes in them. And just in general, I don't know who the Patriots quarterback will be next year. I don't think the Mac Jones thing has gone well on any side. What about all the cut-ups of him with these dirty plays? Adam sure made your way to you. What do you think of that? That he's like well, the, a dirty player. Like the these, Cincinnati one was, it was bad. strange. Yeah, strange. that was bad. That did seem dirty. He's had a couple of those. He had the one where he pulled Brian Burns' leg. And, yeah. Um, I don't even. I don't, what, listen. If he's dirty, if he's not dirty, I don't care. Can he play I care quarterback. That, yeah. Can. What what is his above average skill? What's he good at? Can he throw the ball deep? Not really. Is he a good quick passer guy? Not really. Can he run? Not really. What is he good at? We've had a a really long sample size now, and I don't know what he's good at. And I watch every Patriots game. Yeah, you've, Kyle uh, was out four games ago. You've mentioned you've mentioned the Brady rumor to New England. Would you be entertained by a, a Jimmy Garoppolo? Would that do anything, or is that like going down now that Jimmy's been injured again? You're not looking to go back down that road. <sighs> I am more intrigued by them getting like a top eight or nine pick with a court, with the draft that has five guys that have a chance to be in the top 10 potentially and seeing where that, how that shakes out. And maybe they can even move up a little and use okay. Mac to move up into the top five, whatever. I'm more intrigued by that. But I think this Patriots season needs somebody to take a full glass of water and just throw it in its face. <laughs> End it. Yeah, because... There's still, I'm he still hearing the other sides of things. And it's like, this is done. We need to dramatically rethink this organization, the future of this team, the course of this team. And like, if they beat the Dolphins this week, all that does is delay this. <laughs> they're hanging this around. team's going nowhere. Yeah, they're, I don't want this team to hang around. They're not good. If they're an NBA team, they'd be like the Wizards. They'd be like, <laughs> oh, mediocre. the Wizards might get a nine seed. It's like, great. What does that get us? We're not in the Wimbanyama ch chase. Uh, I love the Dolphins plus 126. I think Let's they have it. too much talent to lose five in a row. So that's one. Jet Seahawks. The Jets are favored in Seattle, minus one and a half. <sighs> Seattle since week nine. They're one and five. Defensively 30th in DVOA. They do get Tyler Lockett back this week, but they haven't won at home since October. Mike White back for the Jets. Mike White. And... 
look, you can have a laugh about, oh, Mike White, the savior, but he's not Zach Wilson. And sometimes just not being somebody is enough. Um, I really liked how they played with him. I think the Jets are legitimately talented. And I think Zach sucked the life out of them. Every time he played, basically, for the last, what, six, seven weeks, and it was unsustainable. And I think they're better than the Seahawks. I just think they have a better team. The Packers got everything they possibly could have ever needed last week. The Jets did, too. And that wasn't a big storyline this week. But when the Jets lost Thursday night, it was like, all right, there's the season. And that's fine. The Jets, if you told them before the season started that they would win seven games, they would say, sign up for that. Let's go. Uh, And then you go to Saturday and you had... All those teams, the Raiders losing, you had the uh, Patriots losing, you had the Dolphins on Sunday losing, you had all those other AFC teams that were hovering all lose. The Jets wake up on Monday morning and they're like, shit, we're right back in this thing. So they have new life. The doctors clear Mike White. And if you want to know how much Zach Wilson's struggling yet again, he's not the number two on on Sunday. They're not going to have him as number two. He's not going to be out there. So they've already said, like, you just don't even, we're not even worried. Like, just stay, stay away. Like, just go away. And I, I think they revitalized. I think the Jets didn't think they had a shot as a collective whole. Um, I've spoken to, spoken to Salah this week and like, he's like, we, we, could, we got a chance here. Like we're alive. Like, you know, I brought up the, uh, the coming to America, Mortimer and, and, uh, and Randolph there with the get they we're back, you know, like th- that scene. That's what it feels like with the Jets. Like yep. they were dead on Thursday night in a terrible game against Jacksonville. Gross out everything, fans booing the whole deal. Now you're telling me Mike White is suddenly going to be uh, up and ready to go. You're going up against Geno Smith, former Jets quarterback, who a lot of the Jets fans don't exactly look at as Joe Montana or Tom Brady. And you're going in against a team that you made a trade with for Jamal Adams. Like there's. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons that the Jets fans would say, oh, we can't win in Seattle. And then you look at what the Seahawks have done the last five weeks. They haven't won since Munich. Maybe they won one game. Um, since they went to Germany. And the Jets are alive. Like, I feel like this might be a Jets win. Jets 7-8. and eight. Pittsburgh 7-8. and eight. New England 7-8. and eight. Miami's 8-7. and seven. That's the 7th seed right now. Yep. Baltimore potentially could lose to Pittsburgh this week and add Cincinnati, so they have to be in the mix, too. I don't think the Chargers are going to lose, too. But they'll know what happens in that Pats-Dolphins game before this Jets game. Yep. It's better for them if the Pats beat the Dolphins. Yes, yes. Because then the Pats are at Buffalo the week after. But it's also, it really doesn't matter because they get to play Miami in Week 18 anyway. They're going to have to win that At Miami, but they would have to win, and they're going to have to win that anyway. I like the spot for the Jets and Seattle is a little similar to what we were talking about with the Pats. Like they've just been sputtering. Like they're, they're like a yeah, balloon that's I, just losing might, air. Yeah. Guess what? You're probably better off going seven and 10. Do you want to go nine and eight and get the 17th pick? You have this other pick from the Denver trade. Denver Broncos. It's yeah. going to be like the fourth pick in the draft. You might be able to get like the fourth and the 13th picks out of this. I just think their defense is shot. It's so easy to move the ball on them. Gino. I don't want to say he fell back to earth, but, you know, it wasn't like a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible Fallout Halo dive, but it definitely, he definitely like fell off the deck on the beach. They went, landed on the sand. I was in Germany for that Munich game and the amount of heat and momentum, they were going to have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year and Woolen and Kenneth Walker. Gino's the comeback player of the year. We were talking, 
Who would you rather start right now, Brady or Gino on your team? Because they were both playing in this game and it was a real yeah. debate. And like NFL guys were saying, you know, we had like we had NFL legends on the show being like Gino Smith, like Gino Smith's playing better football. They are a totally different team now. And sometimes it's just what you said. It's an 18 week season. It's not a 12 week yeah. season. And those yeah, guys are the rabbits. They're young, man. They're young. Yeah. They're the rabbit team. And their running game went south too. They had some injuries, but yeah. it happens. I still feel like this season is an awesome success. Yes. If you're a Seattle and Seahawks I still fan. think Gino's Russell your comeback Wilson player trade, of the week, the year. It, the Russell Wilson trade is one of the most transformative trades they possibly could have made, overpaying him. And instead, you get all the stuff back. So just that alone, it's a win. All right, we're going to take a break and then we'll talk about the uh, some of the other games we like. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. This is a show about sports and culture opinions. But right now, I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats. Honey Stinger, sports nutrition, trusted by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is the one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Spring, the best time of the year to dial your fitness routine up a notch. You know it's going to happen. It's going to get warm. going to start wearing shorts. going to start wearing bathing suits. You're, just, you're not going to be able to cover up behind those big coats anymore. Also, it's nice outside. Get outside. Do stuff. Or if you don't have time to get outside, I got Peloton for you. Whether you have five or 60 minutes, Peloton's workouts were made to challenge you. Classes like boot camps full body strength, boxing, marathon training are created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in and you won't feel bad about not being outside. Peloton's expert coaches, challenging classes, and nonstop vibes will keep you coming back for more. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. So not, we're going to stay away from this game for million-dollar picks, but you know there are there is a new coach bump that we see <laughs> over and over again. The Broncos right now, they're getting 13 and a half against the Chiefs. Chiefs could be the one seed if Buffalo loses. It's not like they don't have anything to play for, but this is the classic bad spot. We've seen the Chiefs just get super bored in games like this <laughs> and not mail it in, but just be on cruise control. And then you kind of have to slap them in the face a couple of times. Like, all right, fine. Kelsey over the middle for 30 and that, and they'll win by six. Um, but this Broncos thing, I think it was the fifth time ever that, a, a well, first-year coach got fired during the season. You know what's crazy? That stat kept going around fifth year, fifth time, fifth time since 1970. So finally, I go to our NFL Network researchers and I say, uh, there's a guy, Rich Goldberg, who works on our show, who's great. He's like an almanac. And I'm like, you know, I keep on seeing this five. Who are the five? And he's like, well, Bobby Petrino. I'm like, no, Bobby Petrino didn't get fired. Like, And our, who's the other? I'm like, well, Lou Holtz. I'm like, Lou Holtz didn't get fired. These guys quit. So he's really only the third coach since 1970 wow. to be fired during a season and I'll tell you what I thought and I've I've worn it on Twitter maybe as much as anyone has this week I thought he was going to be great I I thought I thought Hackett would be great and I thought he would revitalize this franchise and I don't know if it's a confluence of his inexperience or the fact that maybe Russell wasn't the guy that they thought they were going to be pairing him with 
Um, they maybe thought that Rodgers would be the guy or whatever it is. But I, in my wildest dreams, I didn't see this thing going this way. And I don't think uh, anyone saw Sunday's Christmas on national TV with Romo and Nance on one call, with Nickelodeon doing SpongeBob stuff on the other call. You got Randy Gregory fighting a guy in front of Tracy Wolfson in an interview afterwards. You got the offensive line yelling at Brett Rippon, who's trying to stick up for Russell Wilson. It was so bad in such a nationally televised game that I think they're just like, let's rip the bandaid off. Fired week 15. I didn't ever see it going like this. I'm shocked. And yet I don't, I don't think they've got anything left there to like rally for Jerry Rosberg who showed up in week three anyway. And they have new owners New owners, right. big Who, wallets. Were the new owners responsible for the Hackett hiring? I can't no, remember. No, 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 no. Yeah, they and they weren't responsible for the Wilson trade either. They inherited, so there's a chance. Well, no, they, they were there with the... With the they the were extension there after for Wilson. Wilson. No, no, I think... I got to get the crown. They inherited all of it. That's what I think. Yeah. I think they took over after the extension. So all that stuff, they just inherited this. And it was, you know, they've got, they've got deep wallets or deep pockets. They've got a great fan base. You know, I threw it out there. I'm like, you know, I work with Sean Payton every Sunday and I'm like, Sean Payton would make sense. The question is, does Sean Payton want to go No, there? don't do and, that, Sean. Plus, I they'd know, have to trade something to get him. They don't have any picks. They'd have to trade to get him. Um, they do have picks. Like, they actually are not so bad in the draft stuff and they traded Chubb to the Dolphins for their first round pick. So they have picks. Great. They're just, they're just like pot the committed. 20, 24th pick. <laughs> they're just pot committed to to the to this Russell Wilson for two more years and it's like two more it? it's like but even then the, at the third year they get two more years by like, his cap yes yeah two more years for like the crazy big money and then it's like all right was this just a one year just terrible match between coach and quarterback or is Russ really that because he I mean he looks like he can't and he was against that Rams defense without their starters and couldn't move the ball he was I I just think this is who he is I don't see it coming back I don't. What what silver lining has I don't there been know. in the rest it's season? So shocking. It seems like he's lost all his skills. It's like Clark Kent and Superman too. It's just bonkers. If I'm Sean Payton, there is no way in hell I'm going to Denver. Because you can talk yourself into I can I can resuscitate Russ, but if you can't, then what? Then what do you do? You know, the, it, the, the, the New only Orleans, thing is that these owners might I mean, we're talking like billions and billions and billions would these owners just say, Hey, we'll pay for it all and take care of all of it. And if we have to figure something out with Russ, if it, it, we will eat it and we'll just make it work, you know, and they just eat the cost and it, yeah, it's salary cap hell, but it's, it's not, you're forced to play this guy. Yeah, but he wants to win though. He doesn't he want does. to be in a, like playing with one hand behind his back. I saw the new Orleans going there with Brady rumor, which had been circulating for a few yeah. weeks. It still hinges on Tom Brady moving to New Orleans for a year in yeah. one of the smallest markets in the league. And now he's just like this traveling nomad. Like that's such a weird way for his career to end. Like to me, it's either he goes to the Patriots or he goes to the Niners and Brady. I, I don't, Brady, I don't, I don't see another scenario where that doesn't make him look pathetic. Certainly not staying with Tampa, but if I'm Peyton, I I'm rooting against Dallas I just am. I'm watching these Dallas games. And yeah. I'm just like, man, I hope they lose this I think, week. Man, yeah, I hope I, they look bad. I don't want to speak out of school because I'm with him every Sunday and we talk, we've become very good friends. Like I really enjoy his company. I wasn't a Sean Payton guy. And when I say that, I yeah. mean like, I just didn't, I, we did production meetings. I didn't know him. And I was like, all right, he's, you know, he's got his people in the media and, and Glazer who's with Fox is like his guy and that's cool. And I'll just do whatever. But we're on the show together. And I'm like, 
he he's amazing. He's he's great. He's like the nicest, uh, smartest with like the football in real time. We watch these games, and he's very open that he wants to return to coaching. So yeah, we we on the show are like, oh, every Cowboys loss is another one for you, and he just like kind of like does like that that laugh, like <laughs> you know, like he's not right. denying it, and yeah. yet. And yet the, the Saints one is kind of sensitive to him because Dennis Allen's one of his guys. So all these right. rumors that he's going back to the Saints, he's like, well, I don't, you know, I didn't put that out there. He's certainly not the one. So yeah, I don't But that's know. another situation where they already, had, they already lost their first round pick for this year. Yeah, they traded I, it for I a guess lot they, were in, yeah. they were in cap hell this season. Maybe it gets a little better next season. No, but they would, they would have a vacancy at quarterback. We got to assume Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton aren't the guys. So that's where the Brady stuff, and if it's not Brady, does... Peyton tap into a Garoppolo. They both have Eastern Illinois connections. And Don Yee is the agent to Brady's. Don Yee is mm. the agent to Garoppolo. Don Yee is the agent to Sean Payton. It's like, that's where you start piecing together. You're looking at like open places, but the Chargers thing would have been a great fit. I don't see them firing that's Brandon like, Staley. That's like me and Sal with Sunday Ticket. It's like James <laughs> Dixon is Sal's agent. James Dixon is Bill's agent. Put like it just all together. What could happen here? Um, I think Sean Payton waits another year. I think you might be right. Like, and, and either Chargers, like next year, the jobs are going to be better. The situations are going to be better. Maybe Doug Peterson flames out in Jacksonville. There's, he's going to attach himself to a QB. He gets it. He's had it both ways. Trust he had me, it with Breeze. He, it. he had it with Breeze. Then he had it. End of his prime Breeze into this whole weird Taysom Hill. And, yeah. you know, it's really fun to have a franchise QB. We will see what happens. All right, back to the games. By the way, the we were Saints, talking. Who do they the got? Saints to me are a stay away because um, they're they're still alive in the playoff hunt. Yeah, I think I just don't think the Saints are that bad. They're one of those teams. They, they really they really were good last week in that cold weather game with Cleveland. I thought that was a cool win for them. And Dennis yeah. Allen has been has been on the hot seat all season long for some decisions and stuff. They've won two straight games in December. Like. I know, and you and I have gone back and forth on them, but like I thought that was a big win. Like that was a big boy win. They went in there as a warm weather dome team, went into Cleveland and ran the ball down their throats. Just for the record, I have not gone back and forth on him. I am <laughs> I am back. I think he stinks. I have been the one going forth. Perhaps. But if they're six and nine, they lost that ridiculous Tampa game. So let's just give them the win for that. Seven and eight. And then you go through and they had a couple other just awful can losses. I, can I tell you something that uh Minnesota loss me? was bad in week four? That was that was crazy. But do you remember the DJ Moore helmet thing? Think about the NFC South right now. If those refs don't call that penalty on DJ Moore, who took his helmet off against Atlanta, which would have been a game tying touchdown, then they had the 15 yards and they missed the extra point, all that stuff. If they don't call that penalty, there's a chance the Panthers, very good chance the Panthers win that game, and the Panthers are in the driver's seat right now, as opposed to having to come from behind and beat the Buccaneers and win out the rest of the season. Well, then add the Cade York 59-yard field goal, too. Crazy. Two ludicrous endings that go against Carolina. Let's talk about Carolina. I'm staying away from Eagles Saints, even though I love Minshew, because okay. I don't totally know what Philly's motivation is at this point. We know they need to win one of the next two. Yep. So they need it, but it's not like life or death. Whereas for the Saints, it is life or death. I think the Saints are a good December team. That game scares me if I'm an Eagles yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm just staying away. I don't, I don't want to have the you. Eagles in a tease. I don't want to put Saints you. in underdog parlay. Staying away. Stay away. Um, Panthers, Bucks, though. So 
people listening all year are going to be like, oh, Simmons is definitely taking the Panthers. No question. <laughs> You're Watch the Panthers this. Guy. Here it goes. Tampa clinches with a win. They clinch the South. It's over. Carolina has to win both, but they do control their own destiny. Last five weeks, they're ninth in DVOA. They killed Tampa Bay the last time. Here's the problem. They have no cornerbacks. They're down. The J.C. Horn thing is a mass murder. And supposedly <laughs> he can come back for week 18. It hurts. But just in my head, it reminds me of that Seattle game in Germany when they just couldn't cover. It just, it was quick outs. It was eight yeah. yards, 10 yards, nine yards. And Brady's just throwing, throwing, throwing. And if the Bucs don't do that in this game, then they have the dumbest coaching staff of all time. <laughs> but We've seen... Just spread the spread the field and have Brady throw these seven, eight, nine yard outs. I think Carolina has a better team, but the cornerbacks thing is is just a murder. There's a couple weird bets though. There's Carolina wins the first half and the game is plus two twenty. Carolina wins the first half and the game. Okay, because the thought is if they fought there are if we fall behind the game's over team right yep. gets yep. Detroit to get the lead. Oh, here we go. They're down ten three to Brady. I don't see them coming back. There's also a bet that kind of fits the season more. Carolina wins the first half and then Tampa wins the game. That's, that's plus 700 the, that's, on FanDuel. That's what the Bucs do every week. And then yeah. you, get that left, you get that left witch hug with Brady that the cameras show and they're like, these guys love each other, man. And you're like, do they? <laughs> I don't know what that is. They've literally yeah. won. They won four or five games that way. So I don't think Panthers plus three is a bet we should be considering. But I do think we should get funky with one of those uh, okay. one of those things. I think the J.C. Horn thing, if he was healthy, I would absolutely take the Panthers because I just think like, we, I, I just can't shake that Steelers game when we had the Panthers and Deontay Johnson was just open Nine for, for the 12 entire fourth quarter. Down. <laughs> and it was just like, they can't cover this guy. They have no chance. They had J.C. Horn in that game. And yeah, now he's out too. So stay away. Uh, Vikings. Okay, this is, Green this is what we've been we've been driving down a road that's been winding to get to this destination. Who are you going with? Vikings need to keep the two seed. Yes, they do. They do not want to go to San Francisco in round two. I'm guessing. No, they do not want to play the Giants in round one. No, hell no. Green Bay loses six to seven. They beat the Bears and the Rams. Have a little bye week in there. They're going to lose to Miami and Tua gets a concussion and throws three picks in the fourth quarter. They still need two wins. Everybody is back on the bandwagon and I continue to think that they are not very good. They have gotten everything they could have possibly needed the last three weeks to fall in their favor and it has. And they haven't played great football. They barely beat the Rams. That was like a, that was a game for a while. Like, it's crazy that they are where they're at because they aren't lights out and Rodgers has been eerily confident in these press conferences like well we just got everything we needed to happen and it happened and it did like for everyone to lose last week the way that they did and then them go on sunday and beat the dolphins the way that they did it's eerie dude it's like you almost i don't know does he know something that we don't i don't know because everything has happened the way that they needed it to chart out to happen after being four and eight no christian watson probably and if he's playing he's going to practice be today. banged up practiced and he's going to be banged up if he's playing but he's their speed guy he's their best listen i, I don't want to i don't want to defend minnesota you can but i said this to sal on sunday 
they're, you know, them and Baltimore, the two, I can't believe this fucking team teams that yeah. just all season where you're like, how did I lose that game? I can't believe it. I can't believe I lost money on them. It was the right pick. I would do it again. Both yeah, of yeah. those teams. But Minnesota over and over again, especially late in the games, they make plays. God, they do I mean, it over. At what point? They, the Giants game, Giants tie the game 24-24. And it's like, wow, Giants have all the momentum. They're going to win an OT. Two huge Vikings third down like, conversions. Yeah, Vikings are like, no. No, we're actually going to win this well, right now. Well, that's the thing. At what point is it, hey, they're 11-0 in one-score games. At what point is it, like, they're lucky. They get, they get, or at what point is it, like, they're pretty clutch. I think Justin Jefferson's numbers on these final game-winning drives, they're insane. He's got, like, 11 catches for 168 yards and three touchdowns on game-winning drives alone. Like, they're really good when it matters. They're clutch. This, is, this has got double importance for the Vikings. One, it eliminates the Packers once and for all, and it yeah. steps on Rodgers' throw, and it does it in their building. And it's, and it's such an a NFC North, like, it's such our division statement. now. Yeah, all it's such a statement. It's like, you know what? F off. Like, we got you. We're, we're the team now, and we're taking that torch. The second part of it is, like I said, that two seed is huge. You don't want to have to go into San Francisco. I mean, Cousins went there a couple of years ago. Of course, it wasn't the same circumstances. Niners blew them out in a playoff game in the divisional round. I, I just, I, I don't think they want to go to San Fran. If they lose this game, there's a good chance that San Fran wins out and San Fran's the two seed. I, I think, I think they need to win. And I, I, this is a huge game for the Vikings. Here's the other thing. It's small, but I think it matters. Jefferson's puncher's chance at 2,000 receiving yards. Oh, all-time record I think it's in like 2004. No and yeah, and some touchdown stuff with him. And I don't think anyone in the Packers are going to be able to cover him. I think this is worst case scenario, a close game. I think the Vikes are better. I trust them in close games. I don't trust the Packers. I don't trust their defense. I don't trust their coach. I don't trust their special teams. And I just think the way we've watched this season all year, the Vikings have won this kind of game and the Packers have lost it. And yet and this go. year is the year where crazy shit happens just when you have a proof of concept from 11 to know that this is the game that they, I, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I just, this is one of those where if Rogers wins, like it's the most, of course, this dude just rallied off all these wins. And of course the Packers are alive. And of course they need so much to happen, but I would not be shocked if they win this game and Cleveland beats Washington and suddenly the Packers are winning in against the Lions week 18. Yeah, but do you, from what you've seen from Green Bay. No, Vikings are better. 100%. No, but do you think Green Bay is even a decent football team? I think they're... Are they mediocre? Or are they? Would you give them decent? I think decent. I think they were gritty last week. And I know that's a cliche term, whatever. But I thought that win in Miami, all things considered, like to come out of that thing and still be breathing. It was good. It's a good win, man. It is. Counter. Miami's up 10 at midfield. Mostert just drops the ball. I know. It's like the Packers, quote unquote, forced four, four turnovers. Tua just threw them the ball three times and Mostert just gave them the ball the fourth time. It's not like their defense was like forcing turnovers on like great plays or huge hits. I just don't think they're good. I don't think they're well coached. I like the Vikes plus three. And if the Pack, they're still away where the Packers steal it, but I think it's even I'm with you. Let's close. go, Vikes. Let's go, Vikes. Yeah. Um. Last one, we just need to. Steelers straight up or Steelers in a team. Steelers are our team straight up against the Ravens. That's our team all season. They have been the one team that has done us good this season. Every week we go Steelers and they win for us. I think the Steelers are better than the Ravens. And yet all season long, it's kind of like the opposite of how I feel about the Vikes, where after a while you're like, all right, this is who the Vikes are. They pull out these games. The Ravens, I, I'm just in disbelief every game. I don't understand how they're doing it. 
Who are their name? Name three receivers the Ravens have right now. Yeah, no, it's Demarcus Robinson and it's Sammy Watkins and it's uh, that's all I got. Yeah, it's the guys the Chiefs were like, get these guys out. Even Mahomes can't make these guys good. Now these are their guys, and they're just going to try to run the ball. I think the Steelers are pretty good. I, I actually too. think and getting better. Can, they're young. You could make a case they have a better team if you're going to take Lamar out of this game, which it seems like he's not playing this week. They just, I think they have a better team. But I've seen the Ravens over and over again win dumb games like this where they win, you know, 10-7, 13-10, 16-10, something like that. That's why I was thinking Steelers tease the plus eight and a half. And then then now I have Pickett insurance in case Pickett, the, the case against the Steelers is Pickett just kind of doesn't have it for three quarters. A little like what like what Christmas night was, like Christmas Eve was like. Different weather. I think it's going to be okay in Baltimore. I just... I don't know. I thought that was a big boy win. And, I, and Tomlin has them fighting, man. I like this Steelers team. Sunday night, Collinsworth. Oh, this is Mike oh, Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Oh, Tell me oh, one thing. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, the line is, see, it's two and a half. It's not three. I know. Is the only issue. So you could also do the Ravens uh, or the Steelers plus 120. So the question is, could take the Bengals to plus seven and a half, or you could take the Chargers to minus one and a half. Get some. I'm not touching. I'm not touching Bengals Bills. So I think no Bengals idea. Bills. I agree is a stay away. That's Just a enjoy hard the one. game. That's a fun yeah. game. Enjoy it, especially with Collins out. And yeah. I didn't like how the Bengals finished that Pats game. It just felt like they were uh, kind of staggering around there for an hour. Agreed. Chargers Rams though. Bosa coming back. I can see the Chargers putting a putting a nice game together. So the there. question is: Is it Steelers? In a tease with the Chargers or Steelers straight up? Steelers in a tease with the Chargers. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's the answer. Okay. And then underdog parlay. So we both like the Bears just as a flyer. They're plus 220 against Detroit. I just saw the Lions give up 500 yards rushing. The Bears are a good running team. Yeah. Yeah. So we could do, do... the Bears with the Panthers plus 220 to win the first half and the game. And that's like plus 970, yeah, 972, okay. something like that. I, yeah. I'll figure out the exact odds. Could also do Vegas plus four and a half adjusted, which you didn't like. I didn't like Vegas. I, it's, you can do it. I don't like it. Or you could do the Browns in a Goodell has something in for Washington <laughs> again game. Browns, Browns, you're, Bears you're, you're, plus you're 572. Assuming- you're assuming Goodell in the league office is pro Cleveland. I don't see that either. Yeah, good point. Solid point. <laughs> All right, we'll figure out somebody to put the Bears with. Um, coming out of Sunday, what yeah. do you think is going to be the biggest story in the league? Good question. Coming out of Sunday, I think the AFC top team. Let's say coming out of Monday, because I think it, there might be a little shakeup. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, all in this like gridlock right now. I think we're going to see who's got the home field. I think it's the biggest storyline. Who has that buy and who has home field in the AFC? I'm fascinated to see who gets it. All right. Peter Schrager, good to see you as always. You're the man. Million Dollar Picks, week 17. Still feeling like I'm seeing the league pretty well right now. We lost 170,000 last week, but man, I liked the picks last week. Lost on Philly plus four and a half. Really felt like they could have covered or potentially won. Lost on Miami against Green Bay. We know what happened that game. Um, I still like the pick. I still like the picks this week. 
We have four big plays. First one, Dolphins in New England. We're not even taking the Dolphins plus two and a half. We're taking the Dolphins plus 126 to win. You heard me talk all week. I don't think this Patriots team is good. I'm not scared by the Teddy Bridgewater piece. I think the Dolphins have more talent. I think they are hungry to a four-game losing streak. Are they going to lose five games? They're hungry for a win. They need to get into this race, not just be the uh, seventh seed, but potentially even if the Ravens lose, they get to the sixth seed. Dolphins, plus 26. We're scaling it back down a little bit this week just because week 17, the motivations, who knows? In this game, we know what the motivations are. Betting 500,000. Dolphins plus 126. That's game number one. Game number two, Jets at Seattle. I'm on the record. I love this Jets team if they have a decent quarterback. I think this Jets team's talented. Seattle has been a disaster the last few weeks. I think they're one in five in their last six, 30th defensive DVOA. They can't stop anybody. And I think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball on them. I'm not scared about Mike White coming back with whatever his rib thing is. The Jets playing for their lives. So Seattle, this is a loser leaves town match, but Seattle's lost five in a row. They've kind of already left town. Jets minus one and a half. We're betting 500,000 on that. Vikings plus three in Green Bay. We're grabbing the Vikings. I just don't believe in this Green Bay team. They had a huge losing streak. They beat Chicago. They beat the Rams. They luck out in that Dolphins game. And then everybody's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's back. Is he? Is he back? Was that offense lighting it up last week? Christian Watson might be banged up. I don't feel like their defense can get stops. I don't think they're very well coached. I don't like their special teams. The Vikings over and over again, close games. They've been lights out. So even if this is a field goal game, maybe it's a push. If it's a field goal game, fourth quarter, tight, I just believe in the Vikings. They've won me over. Over and over again, they pulled out these games. Been 500,000, Vikings plus three. And last but not least, Chargers-Steelers. We teased them, six-point tease. Taking the Chargers down to minus a half against the Rams. And the Steelers up to plus eight and a half against the Ravens. I think they're better than the Ravens. Might not even need to tease them, but just to be safe, the Ravens, they pulled a bunch of dumb games out of their butt this year. So we we're putting 500,000 on a Chargers Steelers tease. And then last but not least, a little, uh, little underdog parlay, a little special one for you this week. Bears plus 220 to beat Detroit. Could they run all over them the same way Carolina did last week? Sure. So we're grabbing them. And then the second piece of the parlay is the Panthers against the Bucks. Get a little creative here. Panthers to win the first half. Panthers to win the game is plus 220 on FanDuel. So we're going to take that plus 220. We're going to put it with the Bears. Plus 924. 50K on that. And both sides have to win. And those are your million-dollar picks for week 17. Happy New Year. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Big Waz. Thanks to Van Lathan. Thanks to Shriggs. Thanks to Kyle Crank for producing. Thanks to everybody for listening. The next time you hear from me, it's going to be 2023. We made it, everybody. Uh, but I, I, I thought we had a great year on this podcast. I thought we did a lot of good stuff. I thought it was a really fun year to talk about sports. Felt a little more normal than usual. And uh, as always, really appreciated the uh, the feedback, the support, everybody spreading the word out there. Thank you. See you in 2023. Don't wanna see them on a way so